Welcome to Lean Back. I'm Laura. And I'm Lisa. And today we're talking about abortion. Lisa, with the Dobbs v. Jackson decision that dismantled the Roe v. Wade precedent that had protected abortion, we have started to see some of the impact of that over the last several months. So even though we talked about this immediately after the decision came down, I wanted us to continue that conversation now that we have seen some of the resulting impact and are also facing all of these uh, legislative battles in state houses and also with the potential of a federal ban if the election, the midterms, favor the Republicans this year. Yeah, it's terrible. So we're recording this in October. Folks are going to hear it in February. At this juncture, abortion is banned in Idaho, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, and West Virginia. And uh, that's a lot of states. Um, I think that the states that have carve-outs or amended their constitutions to keep abortion will continue to do so, I think, Politically, this summer, the Kansas issue, too, was really energizing. And we saw a lot of voter turnout. Abortion is a winning issue for the Democrats. They won't lean into it, even though it's a winner. Um, And so it's going to be fraught. Even in some of these states where it's banned, it's being litigated. And I do think that without a doubt, if or when, and I think, think probably at this juncture, uh, it's going to be when, when that House returns to Republican rule, they'll push through a, a, a tie, an entire federal ban. I don't know, they won't be able to get through the Senate, but they'll keep pushing until they do, and they will eventually. So it's not a good time to be in a body that's capable of being pregnant. And I, the political, well, to return, I'm sure to the political, I think the bigger question is like, actual access to care you know there are major community health consequences that we're already seeing spiraling out aside from you know the horrific instances here and there that we're reading in the news so i kind of spend some time talking about forced birth and healthcare access consequences because i really think people need to have a grasp on how to talk about those things because they're going to affect every single person in their communities, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what's really shocking is like how dire physicians have allowed certain outcomes to be. So like we're hearing stories of women with ectopic pregnancies, but the fetus still has a heartbeat. So it's really like the heartbeat issue where physicians feel like it's illegal by the text of the law, even though... The situation is likely to become life-threatening. It's illegal by the text of the law to extract the fetus if it has a heartbeat. Well, it's not that the physicians so much are like feeling that way. It's that their medical boards are rationing care. And so it's the lawyers in the hospital who are like, here's how close to death, you know, the pregnant person has to be before you can offer care. 
And, you know, especially in the South, most of the major hospital systems are are religiously affiliated. So all of those death panels and all that care rationing that was the scare, you know, boogeyman during the Affordable Care Act debates with Obamacare are now happening as a direct result of, you know, Republican politics and policies. So that care rationing is a direct consequence of the reversal of Roe. I just can't comprehend how folks don't understand that forcing all of this birth, even if they're healthy births, which obviously a bunch of them are going to not be, and it's going to be catastrophic financially for the families and communities, who the hell is going to take care of these babies? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is that a woman wants an abortion, like she is going to try to have it, Mm -hmm. right? So like the forced birth thing, it may encourage some women to have a child that they may have otherwise decided to in the pregnancy for. But in a lot of cases, women are just going to try and terminate their pregnancy outside of the established <laughs> medical community. So, I mean, they're going to try and find uh, board officiants. It's just going to be unsafe I mean, the thing is, is that it's already so unsafe to be a pregnant person in the United States. And we live in a state that has like the highest maternal mortality rate among black women in the entire country. Like it is not a safe thing to be pregnant in the United States. And now it has gotten so much more dangerous to be to be pregnant, not just from the physical stance, but certainly that, but also from the liability stance, right? Like, you know, some of these states are going to move so that if you have a miscarriage, you could be charged with a crime. So the criminalization of pregnancy is going to spiral. And I, I just don't think the people who pay attention to the abortion issue understand that the controlling of forced birth is just a mechanism of like expanding the police state to monitor bodies. It's part of the, you know, we're also in the middle of this huge fight in Arkansas about trans kids and whether they have access to health care, which is also about their civil rights, about whether or not they can be targeted in school for being trans, as we're seeing in Texas. And so all of this sex panic around bodies and reproduction and healthcare access is a fundamental tool of eugenics and it's a fundamental tool of authoritarian political control over the bodies. So I don't know that people quite see how this trend towards the right, which of course we've seen since the Reagan administration, is really about tooling up the police for local oppression inside of people's families and homes. I feel like that has happened like with the distribution of care funds <laughs> from COVID oh, God, to yeah. support jail expansion. Yeah. Yes, it's trash. It, it makes sense as part and parcel of like that movement towards more aggressive policing. But yeah, I mean like the lack of privacy, you know, that you have with your doctor, the amount of surveillance that companies collect on you, they know when you're pregnant for marketing purposes, there, it's like a, a market segment. Yeah. Uh, stop using your CVS card, right? Stop using your Walgreens card. That's what they're, that's what they're doing is tracking your purchases, paying cash. I know it's so weird. I feel like such a, like my mom, my mom is very much like paying cash, right? She doesn't have a debit card. And I feel like I've come full circle on that for a lot of the youngs. 
who are like, and then I will go buy pregnancy tests. And I'm like, use cash. <laughs> I also feel like I'm really frustrated by like the well-meaning liberals who are like, we should try and push an amendment to this terrible thing for rape and incest exceptions. And I'm like, those aren't really exceptions. Also, incest is rape. And the point is to basically low-key legalize rape. So that's the point of the thing. I, it's, that is, I, I mean, just, it's a terrible tree to bark up, even though the quote unquote, good liberals think that they're creating contrast and making the GOP defend rape good, but they do defend it. So it's not like there is no gotcha left on this like space. I think that, you know, thinking about how fucking punitive and horrific this dystopian worldview is of the fascist GOP, the MAGA Republicans, that is an absolute abrogation of any sovereignty over one's body at all. I mean, and the exceptions aren't realistic. And the policymakers know that. Like, they know that. If there are no abortion clinics because it's not legal except in very rare cases. And it's not legal. Then it's, yeah. And no one knows how to perform abortions. No one's trained on how to perform abortions. Hospitals aren't willing to do it. How do you get a conviction for rape before the abortion? It's not a thing. Temporally, it's not a thing. It is naivete of the worst variety. It's be like, no, we should have a conversation about rape and incest. It's like, you're late to that party by like 10 years. It's lip service. They don't intend to actually... They know that the exceptions are not material. Yeah. I went to my annual and, you know, I was telling my OB at the beginning of the summer, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to Andrew Roby Wade. And she's like, no, Lisa, they never would. Bless her heart. She's a boomer and I love her. But I was like, yo, they are. And I tagged back in after Dobbs and I was like, how are you feeling about that now? And she's like, I just couldn't believe it happened. And I feel like there's this whole segment of like white ladies which obviously does not surprise me or probably anybody listening to the podcast who are like, I just thought they would never do it. It's like, they have been saying to you, that's all they care about for the last 50 fucking years. What are you talking about? Of course they were going to do it. My entire lifetime at 44 has been listening to the Reagan Republicans promise to kill more women by outlawing abortion. It is, that was, they rewrote the entire GOP platform to do it. They captured the judiciary to do it. It was their wedge issue to do. So I'm like, you have not been paying attention, which I find criminal for the OBGYNs. And the flip side of that, especially in the South, but it's really going to, it's going to affect the blue states too, is that a bunch of people are not going to go into and be providers as OBs or gynecologists. We're going to have such a massive erosion of care. And if it's not flight from red states to blue, it's going to be outright retirements and declining enrollments in medical, medical schools. There's going to be no pipeline left for safe OBGYN care. And I just, and people are in denial about it. And I think they're overwhelmed by it. I'm not really victim blaming, but also like, wake up y'all. It's going to be really bad. And, I, and she's like, well, at least they won't come from contraception. My OB was like, they're not going to come from contraception. Yes, they are. Without a doubt. And IVF. So I need everybody to understand that the Supreme Court will take up Griswold without a doubt. And they will move to end IVF. So... You know, and the IVF move will be half-hearted because so many wealthy white people benefit from it, but it will still be a thing that happens, especially in poor states, especially in poor red states, especially in the South. So I don't know if people are just 
it's like all too much seeing the fash right in your face and everybody's exhausted from COVID and they can't handle the idea that the medical system is without a doubt collapsing right now, but it is collapsing for sure. Definitely hundred percent collapsing right now. I think part of it is that like a lot of the people that we interact with, the professionals, the white ladies, they feel relatively insulated. I feel like they feel confident, like, oh, I'll just get some abortion pills in the mail from Germany. I'm going to be fine. I'll just drive. I'll fly to Colorado and I'll get my abortion there. Yeah. I'll go to Kansas and get an abortion. I'll go to Illinois and get an abortion. Yeah. It's obviously shocking. Plus their hearts. That's that's a short term thing. It's all going to be gone. That's the intent. Obviously, there are grassroots movements that could turn things in the other direction. But if you feel like you're going to be fine and you're not concerned about the women that this really impacts. Which are poor and in communities of color, reservations and black and brown communities. Then you're not going to participate in the grassroots movement required to stop it from continuing. I mean, the lack of solidarity, I... If it stops you from like having your glass of wine at home in front of, you know, the new Ryan Murphy show on Netflix, you're not going to fight. You know, we're just not surrounded by fighters. I think that's probably for me, like the greatest disappointment of being a Gen X adult is like just how submissive people are politically to shit that they know better about. Or even have, like, inclinations that it might not be good. I Well, the fight has just become performative, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, something where you think that you've done your part by, you know, writing a screed on Facebook or Listen, retweeting. at this point, I would love some screeds. <laughs> I would take the screed stuff over the faux outrage about, you know, managerial liberalism and the bureaucracy. And maybe that's just because I'm an academic and all the academics are all up on the internet bitching about how to be a teacher well and what their students are doing. It's just all so banal. But I would take a screed. But they're not, but they're not, none of these people are prepared to fight for a goddamn thing, not a single thing. It yeah, is. I mean, if they feel like they're going to get fired from their cushy jobs then they're not gonna strike so which is what's required they don't even know what a strike is it's very one of the most maybe heartening things that happened this week is that the american association of university professors aaup merged with the aft the american federation of teachers and all of the members of the aaup became automatic union members and got union cards in the mail and it was like the sexiest organizational thing that I've seen it has been in the works for a couple of months but it came to fruition in October and I've just been thinking about how many professors have no idea that there are labor unions outside of their states that they can join by joining the AAUP and now become AFT members and that could be a game changer for labor you know one of the things about abortion that I think is it's not overdetermined is that it is a major labor moment. And so one thing that I think, you know, in addition to my profession with, with the university people is watching the nurses unionize in Michigan. I would love, especially in the Northern states for there to be a huge unionization push in the hospitals. And also what does that look like in the Baptist health system? What does that look like in Catholic hospitals? I mean, there is a sense in which in the next 10 years, everybody's gonna be forced to confront how fucking shitty for-profit healthcare is. 
and a million dead from COVID didn't do it. So like, how high is that threshold? It's going to have to be monstrous. And it's here, you know, and abortion is the issue. It is the the hill that people want to register to vote to get involved in. It's the place where they do want to learn to fight, I think. Um, certainly the summer showed that the early voting numbers in Georgia potentially indicate that abortion is what is, is pushing turnout for a midterm election. So I don't know. There is a sense where I'm like real bummed about it. And on the other side there, it is producing massive interest convergence and in getting young people. I mean, youth registration and youth turnout, I think will be higher than it's been in the past. I don't know. It is the place to stake out and win for for liberals and certainly in a place of interest convergence with labor on the left. The medical community is gutted after COVID. And so things like unions are the way back, right? It's the way the only way. There's not another way. (laughs) There's literally no other way. There's no other way that they're going to be able to rebuild the labor force of nurses (laughs) without, you know, the protection of something like a union without the benefits Otherwise, it's just not worth it. There's so many nurses defecting to other careers, doing career changes. Doctors, too. I mean, and teachers. And teachers, This is yeah. the thing. This is where the interest convergence overlaps because it is feminized service labor, which is where the major shifts in um, employment are happening among the white-collar class, such as it is. And unionizing teachers and unionizing hospital staff and traveling nurses would just be absolutely a shot in the arm for the labor movement and could really radically reorient politics in ways that would fundamentally preserve abortion and enshrine it potentially as a constitutional right and certainly as a potential federal law. It's hard to see, though, that, you know, the mobilization of young people and the increase in voter registration, um, it's hard for me to see that materializing as an abortion protection, though. I Yeah, I know that you feel that way, but the boomers are the largest generation in the history of the Earth. And the cohorts behind my generation, Gen X and yours, the millennials, are much smaller. So there's not going to be all this excess participation and they're going to get fucked because there's going to be nobody to take care of them. So I actually think that the size of the generational cohorts is going to play a bigger role in what happens next in the next 10 years than probably anybody else. I mean, I think it's a it's a variable that people are not including in their analysis about what it means to, to produce resource wars, you know? Who's going to pick food? Who's going to build roads and bridges? Who's going to rep- who's going to do that work? Their cohorts are so small and they're shrinking for a whole host of reasons, not the least of which is collapsing healthcare, that they're going to have to fight for different kinds of health and safety matters as a matter of course they're going to have to do it. I mean the boomers know that. I mean that's part of why that. they wanted to ban abortion. They want <laughs> people to build their roads. They don't want people to be able to choose not to create new participants in the labor force. Except they do because they're producing underclass, which are not participants in the labor force in the way that they think they are. It's just a real fantasy of control. And also it's material control, but it is exhausting. 
I mean, you know, I just, I feel very, a lot of generational resentment about it because I feel like Gen X was like, okay, we were all latchkey kids. And so there was like no supervision and now it's all hyper control as the boomers hoard wealth. And not everybody is like Mr. Patagonia owner, right? Where he's like, I'm going to totally democratize my gazillion dollar a year profit business and give it to the stakeholders, which are the workers. So I think that the thing that is omnipresent right now is how unhappy people are. And yet also how unwilling they are potentially to change their circumstances. And I mean that about the white people, right? And I mean that about the wealthy. I mean that about the one percenters, which is actually quite a giant bit. But also, you know, the people who have wealth but aren't uber wealthy. What the fuck are you doing? What are people doing? They're so unhappy and they're just hoarding. It's a real petty, jealous kind of space to be in. And I do think that abortion is one issue that can move them away from that gated community, fear response, anti-play, anti-collaborative space into shared community risk sharing and profit sharing. I've said somewhere else last year that, you know, Gen X was not really trained to fight because especially for the white women, like, you know, we were taught how to dance right it's like footloose and like this is how you show your disobedience is to dance and i just don't know that people have they don't know where to direct their energy beyond voting or maybe giving money to abortion funds i don't know that they know what to do to safeguard access it's because there already is a lack of community there aren't community resources it's yeah there's been a a massive extraction of resources and education and all of that makes it much harder to help people understand what's possible and that's the point i mean that was intentional you're right people aren't okay they're not happy and the thing that would reverse that would be community building (laughs) what is marketed as the solution to that are things that isolate you more and more so much of the attention economy is focused on the isolating factors that are actually making you unhappy Mm -hmm, that's right and that is the problem i mean it's interesting too because i feel like the repro movement especially in the south especially in red states has done the most work of any contemporary social movement to build community and organize locally and produce material goods for people. And it is without a doubt the most maligned because it skews towards the brown and queer and femme and female, right? And trans body. You know, watching the Democrats just fuck that up over and over and over again is just demoralizing and exhausting. And so the path forward is clearly to learn from the repro movement and labor and Occupy and these things. And also the burnout is really high. And so it's not just that the pipeline is going to break for medical professionals who will do DNCs as a matter of course and routine practice, which of course they do. And it's not just that the pipeline will break for regular providers, right, who now can't treat rheumatoid arthritis because the arthritis drugs could affect a fetus. And it's not just the mental health care professionals who are drowning in caseloads that are wildly inhumane and out of whack with how many medical health care providers we have that people have access to. 
It's also the fact that there won't be people at the clinics. The repro movement itself is being systematically attacked and dismantled. And there won't be people with, you know, like the little boy with his finger in the dike holding back the deluge. It's going to take middle class and upper class white families to actually do the work to save access to all of it. You know, abortion, IVF, contraception, everything that influences family planning, including oncology and endocrinology and, and, and. There's no way that you're going to get top tier medical care in the United States moving forward without abortion and contraception as cornerstones of accessible family practice. Yeah, I mean, you're right that family planning is, I mean, as a practice, is gutted. I I don't, I'm not sure any physician in good conscience could suggest that it's a good idea to get pregnant right now. Like, it's a, yeah. a risk to your it's life. It's a catastrophic risk. It's a catastrophic financial risk. It's a catastrophic physical risk. It's catastrophic. Pregnancy is catastrophic. And, you know, I said this, I think, in the episode that we had right after Dobbs. It's like, all the women who are currently pregnant when Dobbs happened, it's like your entire pregnancy outcomes have changed overnight through no fault of your own. It's frustrating also, I mean, like the lack of responsibility that men have um, in terms of like they, they bear so little of the risk and there's no like push towards accountability from men either. Like, no, it's constant risk shifting towards the most vulnerable, which is why it's the white men mostly up front and the MAGA white women. And they're producing a version of the fascist white family which is fundamentally how eugenics moves. It's how it moves as a politics. And defending the white family as the building block of nation is where people lose privacy and autonomy and you know liberty. And um, we are slip sliding into that really hard. I, you know, if we manage to claw ourselves out of the hole for the midterms and kick the can, Obviously, you and I will come back and have another conversation about where to go. Um, but I I just have to say that it does not look good. It's a hard time to be making decisions about the size of one's family because the health of that family is so grossly destabilized and the risk has been distributed upward in ways that I don't think people understand I mean, certainly poor communities and communities of color have understood this because they've been targeted, right, by the erosion of family planning services and access to health care for the entire history of the country. So it's a, it is a feature, not a bug for them to have racist health care and eugenicist providers and hospital associations that are controlled by religious communities that fundamentally undermine their health and safety. But I think the distribution of risk throughout the country now in, in this way, it, there's nobody who's safe from the blue states won't be safe from it. Any of it, not the fascism, not the authoritarianism, not the gun stuff. I mean, there's just it's there's going to be no respite. The abortion conversation as a history, it was selected as an issue that could win the wedge issue yeah. for Republicans. Like after the 60s. 
after the civil rights movement, like they had to pick something that would be a motivating force for people. Well, that could peel off evangelicals and Catholics into a new coalition for Reagan, even though the GOP had always supported abortion and family planning. You know, I mean, Eisenhower supported it. Richard Nixon supported it. Pierre Goldwater got an abortion for his 16-year-old daughter. Both Gerald and Betty Ford openly supported abortion. It's really Reagan that consolidated the religious right and gave them access to Washington and built this judicial strategy that now we're seeing come to full full fruition. It's like they told you. I mean, it was the motivating force in 2020. It is what got Trump elected. It's been the center issue that's driven people to the extreme. I mean, I think white supremacy is the thing that is actually driving the polarization, but abortion is the political issue where the dog whistles coalesce around anti-blackness and anti-brownness and colonialism, because if you win abortion, you have total control over citizen bodies. There is no more individual autonomy. And of course, the central irony of American democracy and of the abortion debate is how the libertarians want to portray themselves as somehow producing more liberty by controlling more bodies when really they're just reproducing, you know, fascism. So I don't know. There's no way to read the abortion debate in this moment leading up to the midterm election in 2022 is anything other than a referendum on bodily autonomy and freedom for everybody. And the failure to do so is going to be absolutely catastrophic to the public.